Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Um, guys, this is our first podcast that we um, will have ever done uh, that is not just having guys on it. Um, I've got, in case you looked at the notes and you was like, you know, who's going to be on this? I've got two uh, women here. Um, and <laughs> uh, and it's it's actually um, kind of a setup for uh, Mother's Day, right? Because we're going we're gonna to release this around Mother's Day. Uh, and we always talk about how it takes a man to make a man. Um, but the role of a woman in helping to shape what manhood looks like is super, super important uh, and valuable. And so um, I thought, you know what, who better to talk about it, one, than my wife, um, because uh, she has had a great background, and we'll get into that, um, has, has seen uh, what a man looks like, had very high expectations for men, and then has helped me raise our three boys. Um, and in this journey together, um, it's kind of looking at, you know, we very much agree what a man should look like. Um, and so, you know, just her shaping and guiding that that particular role has been super, super important. And so, Trisha, welcome to the program. Thank you. There Glad you go. to be here. Yes. And, and then um, Anna May, um, you may know the way the name uh, Will May, because Will's been on a couple of the podcasts. Um, Anna is his wife, uh, mother of three, uh, two wonderful little boys. Um, and Anna, um, you you are um, kind of like a, a 20 year, 30 year. How far back is she from us? Like, it seems like forever. I <laughs> Probably know, 30. 30. 40. <laughs> Maybe not 40. That far. Yes, it is. Um, anyway, but um, you reminded me a lot of Trisha. Um, and so it's not like I have just, you know, two people who have exactly the same things, but you have very high expectations. Um, you come from a very good family that had, right, just kind of a, a, um, a good standard of what manhood looked like. You're raising your boys very well. And so I thought, you know what, let's add anime for a younger perspective as well. Uh, I know your boys, we're going to get into hopefully two conversations about men and the role of women in helping to shape men, um, not only from the husband perspective, but then hopefully another podcast on raising boys and the role of moms in doing that. And so Anna, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, and so the first conversation that we want to have is just about um, as ladies, um, as women, what were the things that you looked for um, in a husband, in a man, what were the things that you kind of said, hey, these are my non-negotiables, because here's here's what I want to listen, is I want a young guy who's listening to this to think about, like, are these qualities um, that I'm displaying? And if they're not, how do I get there, right? So if you're looking for a man who, you know, you say, hey, this is a non-negotiable, I need him to be this, right? This is what a husband looks like. Uh, and if a guy's sitting there going, okay, great, I know what that is, that's great. If not, I want to kind of see if we can kind of help men kind of figure out, well, how do I develop that? What does that look like in developing that characteristic? So uh, we might go a little slow through this one, right? But I think this is an important conversation. So who wants to start with the qualities and the characteristics of what you desired for, what you look for in a man? Okay, I'll start. Um, my Probably mine started back many, many years ago when I was in sixth grade. Um, and begin to think about the kind of godly man that I wanted to um, marry one day. And I know 12 years old is pretty 
young to start, Mm -hmm. but um, I had older siblings who were dating and a sister getting married around that time. So I wanted to begin to start that process. Your your sister is that much older than you (laughs) are? She's that much older. (laughs) I'm that much younger. Um, But anyway, so I began to make a list because I would have a quiet time at night. Um, And so I began to make a list of the kind of characteristics I wanted in a husband. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I mean, they were very detailed. And so I started that in sixth grade. Okay. And I finally ended it um, in my senior year at UT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering if that guy was kind of slow um, uh, getting to where he needed to be. He didn't or... need to show up until you finished the list, though. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he didn't finish until that. That is a good yeah. point. That is a very good point. So anyway, so I had very strong expectations, um, I think, because I saw the way my dad treated my mom. Um, he treated her, I mean, he loved her, he respected her, he took care of her, um, they had fun together. And so I saw that, I saw my brothers do it, but I had a list of what I wanted um, for sure okay. for him to look like, okay. to be like. Do you want to start with like something on the list? Um, sure. So my big one was that he loved Jesus. And I think it was um, not just did he love Jesus, but was he chasing after knowing Jesus and deepening. And um, and if his step, I, I was always looking for a guy who was quicker um, or moving faster um, to Jesus than anyone else I could see. Yeah. And so that made me want to quicken my step, widen my stride to try to to be with that person along the way in their uh, spiritual journey. Yeah. So that was a big, huge thing for me. So if so. I'm a, so here's it, if I'm a guy listening to this, right, I'm trying to think practically, like what, what is that? What does that look like? What does that mean? And I'll say, I'll say this. Um, if you're not in the word and around the people of God, then that means you're probably not growing in your faith. Meaning um, if you said, you know, um, hey, I want a guy who's really, really in shape physically, right? But he doesn't go to the gym. Uh, he eats a lot, you know, not, I mean, just, you know, it's, it's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, there's practical things, right? So a lot of guys, it's like, well, you know, church is not the place I want to be. Well, you're not around the people of God, listening to the word of God, soaking in it and learning from it. So when a woman wants a man who's walking with the Lord, you're not putting yourself in that place where that's what she's going to see in you. Uh, when you open up your mouth and the words that come out of your mouth, right, are an overflow of your heart, are they words that a person would say, hey, that guy's been in the word today, and those words sound like, right, he's walking with the Lord or not, right? So those are practical things that you can kind of look at and say, what, what does that mean, right. right? You're looking for a guy who's not just, you know, oh, yeah, I became a Christian when I was seven. Well, fantastic, right? You're 28 now. What, what does that mean? It means that from that time until now, I've been growing, I've been maturing, I've been developing, I've been putting in the work. Here's what it looks like, right? Correct. All right. So, and I think it's who does that person surround themselves with? Do they have a strong community? Is it not just a personal relationship mm-hmm. that they're running hard after Christ, but they're actively pursuing it within community? So, yeah. I think that was a big, um, just important thing that they were seeking community, godly community, and surrounding themselves with men that were going to push them along as well. Yeah, very good. Very important. Anna. Yeah, I would say that was absolutely number one on my list as well, was just real saving faith and and that being manifest in their life. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you guys that my my oldest son, Michael, mm-hmm. who is seven, yeah. just won the first grade speech meet 
in Bible memorization, and it was Psalm 1. And mm. all that to say, we talk a lot about Psalm 1 in our in our house and the tree that is firmly planted by streams of water and yields its fruit and its season and its leaf does not wither, and in all that he does, he prospers. And Michael was so cute, and we talked about the description of uh, this man in his life as a seven-year-old, and he says, you know, a- after he says someone, he has to describe what that means to him. And he said, someone gives us a picture of a man whose mind is fixed on God's word. Yeah. And God's word is the stream that waters that tree. And that tree is not going to wither in the seasons of life that are difficult or easy or whatever it is. And so that was my definite number one was what, what is this guy like? in the seasons of his life, what do his friends say he's like, what do his peer, you know, his, his teachers or, you know, those, those things, what, what is he really like Mm. when life gets hard or it's easy? And, um, and is he serious about his walk with Christ? That that was my number one. Um, my number two was fortitude. I always loved that word. And Mm -hmm. I would say that that's the combination of uh, conviction and courage and just, that nowadays is so looked down upon, you know, um, that, that still matters to me so much. Um, so, so what would you look for, right? If you said, um, you know, I'm, I'm dating a guy and you yeah. say this guy lacks fortitude, what would things that would be, you know, kind of like things that kind of pop up or if you go, oh, this guy's got fortitude, like, yeah, what does that look like say to you? Someone who is not wishy washy. Uh, I, I, I guess I have to use my husband will as an example because he fit this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but he felt very convicted to not drink. And, um, you know, back in college we weren't old enough to drink. And so of course I was like, well, someone who doesn't drink, who's not breaking the law is obviously who I want. My parents also didn't drink. That was just one of the things that I was like, you know, it doesn't produce a lot of good. And so at that time I thought I, I, that was something I looked for in a man. I thought that was interesting. He was, and and still to this day, he travels all the time for Mm. business and he, he stands in that conviction. He has never, ever drunk anything and not because he thinks that it is inherently evil, but because he has thought that the devil will use that as a footstool in his life. And because, you know, he's not with me a lot. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we're all subject to temptation. And so he stands so strong in that conviction that I follow. And, um, it's so easy for me to follow cause he's so strong in yeah. that conviction. And then he's not afraid that courage to just be like, it's not what I do. And it's not prideful. It just is so innate to who he is. And I would say just other convictions in life, looking backwards that I would say to young men is just that, uh, you know, being submissive to authority mm-hmm. convicted that whatever you do, uh, you work hard. You work hard for the Lord and not for man. And um, that the integrity that lies within conviction is just when no one's looking, are you right with the Lord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that was, that was really serious to me. Yeah. Um, still is. That, that's a, that's a good, strong principle, fortitude. Um, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm glad you brought up a specific, right? I mean, cause I think the reality is, is um, men need to have their convictions, um, and they need to stand by those convictions. And I think in, you know, in today's world, um, when everybody's trying to please everybody else and everybody's trying to get along and, you know, nobody wants to step on anybody's toes. I think the reality is, is there are times that you have to say, this is who I am. And if other people are offended by it, 
Now, um, can you have convictions that are wrong convictions? Can you have convictions on things that um, are not, you know, healthy? And I, I think the answer is yes. So if those convictions are based on the word of God, right, that's where we're, we're getting our convictions from. Um, you know, the, the idea of alcohol, we've talked about it several times, you know, on the program, right? For us, it's the, you know, everything may be beneficial, but not everything, or everything may be permissible, but not everything's beneficial, yeah, right. right? And so, you know, we've, we've talked about that with, you know, Parker and Nate, as far as, you know, walking onto a college campus and having those convictions and, and not allowing the world to, right, the Bible says to toss you to and fro, right? Yes. I think that's that, that concept is, you know, I think... I agree that that women are looking for men who can stand for something, um, and you know aren't just easily bent, um, you know, by the winds of change. Um, you know, just because everybody's doing something, it's like, hey, it'd be nice to have a guy who stood up and said, no, that's not the right way to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that fortitude's good, very good. Well, and I, just to go off of what Anna's saying, exactly the same. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my, um, one of my really important thing was the ability of not having alcohol, you know, not touching alcohol and not having a sip of it. That was something we grew up with in our family, my siblings and, and then, um, our kids. And Mm -hmm. well, I guess when I met Dan, that was the same thing. He had never had alcohol and that's just something I, I, I'm going to be dumb and careless. I don't need something to help me to make mistakes that I could easily do. And so that was important. And I think when I was at UT, especially living in a sorority house, it was so different, our relationship. So mm. that once I met Dan my senior year at UT, living in the Tridel house, and I think it was, we were so different from everyone else. Um, but that's what I loved about him. Um, Dan would, <laughs> Dan is an early to bed kind of guy. And so he would be bringing me in from our dates at nine o'clock, but he said he was steadfast and always the one who's going to stand up for something and protect and all that stuff. Uh, one of the things we met at a UT football game and he was in law school at the time. And I loved it because he was always about standing for righteousness and standing for good. And Dan's at his second year of law school, and he is fighting Austin Independent School District on sex ethics and educate sex education. Non-directive sex education. Yes. Wow. And that's, that's, so that's Dan was... was I was... Fi- okay, so they, I mean, this takes you off on a little tangent, right? Um, but they were going to bring in sex education to a school district where the teacher is not the teacher, they're the facilitator of conversation so that young people can just talk about sexuality. And I'm like, who's directing it? Who's teaching? Who's saying this is right and this is wrong? And they're like, no, no, that makes people feel bad, right? And so I was down at school board hearings and uh, and I got this you know, information and I found out Trisha was a teacher and I was like, oh my gosh, she will love this. And so I printed off a copy of all the information. I took it and dropped like it Like a hundred pages. Awesome. <laughs> just like a hundred pages yeah. of, of things that I never looked at. But the, I met him at the football game the next mm-hmm. day. He had like a hundred page packet. He went to Kiko, Kinko's, uh, copied it mm-hmm. and gave it to me. I was like, Respect. oh my goodness. <laughs> and just, it, it was an awe because right. here he was in law school standing up for something and he would be in his law school class at UT and people would boo him out of the class for his view on abortion contracts class. and uh, I got booed out of a contracts class oh, my yeah word. and and like, so anyway like, yeah and so anyway so it started back then mm. it was hard to find someone that was very not just opinionated but was well um, willing to stand at all cost and I think his convictions were just 
um, remarkable to right. see. Now we're gonna we're gonna get into this, but I just want to I want to drop a little seed. Um, I know Trisha, right? You you got to see this, um, and especially when we're talking about fortitude. I mean, this reminds me of your dad. Yeah. I mean, your your dad was. This is the way it's going to be, <laughs> and it didn't matter what everybody else thought. He um, when um, you know the place that he was working at you know, went under, right? He went back and paid all the creditors, even to his own expense, um, even though it cost him personally, right? And he did the right thing because that's what his conviction was. That's right. um, and I think that's, that's you know, where, when you see it and you're kind of like, where, where do you get these ideas from? Like you saw it lived out, um, even though it hurt, in a sense, you hurt your family. That's right. It was the right thing to do. And you were like, I want to, I want a man like that. That's right. right. And so I just I just remember that as I hear stories about, you know, your dad. It's like you have a lot to live up to when you have a man who does it that way. So Anna, is that same similar for you? Yes. My my dad was the ultimate example in my life of what a godly man should be and always yeah. my the the object of my prayers for um eventually who hopefully the Lord would bring me into my life to be a husband for me. And um I would always pray that he would be like my dad and that he would be a man after God's own heart. Yep. Just use that phrase over and over again. And then, you know, looking backwards, my dad had such strong discernment in my life. Um, I think a characteristic that he passed to me, making me just pretty black and white, but I would bring in boys um, who didn't fit the bill. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. And he would, he would not even acknowledge them. He would just say... <laughs> No, no, no. Or, you know, he would maybe (laughs) say hi, but he wouldn't say their name. And then after after they would leave, he would, he would say, no, that's that's just not right. Um, But it was a loving way. And it was, he was just like, you know, look at me, not, not in a prideful way, but I am your example and I love you unconditionally. I am chasing after Christ. I am all the things that are good in life provision wise, work ethic wise, all the things. And so I'm so grateful. I actually, we named Michael after my dad and Will's dad. Oh, cool. So mm-hmm. Michael is Will's dad's name and Kent is my dad's name. And so he's named after both of our dads, two That's of so the cool. godliest men in our life. And awesome. he's such, he's such a funny, perfect combination of both of them. How it's funny. so funny how God does that. Yeah. And um, anyways, well, we're thankful. So I'm thinking about that in terms of if there's a young man out there listening and he doesn't have a role model of a father, yeah. right? One of the things about both of your fathers is like Paul used to say, right? Follow me because I'm following Christ. Yes. And, and, and it wasn't an arrogant follow me because I'm the end all be all, right? But my standards are from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a young man out there and he's thinking, well, I want a young woman, right? To, per, you know, to look at me and say, hey, these are the attributes that I want. I mean, these are not, I, I guess, you know, uncommon attributes. They're very, you know, common attributes throughout human civilization of any civilization that had, you know, the word of God, they would elevate these particular principles and say, this is what you need to look like, right? And so if you're a young man out there and you're wondering where, where are these women coming up with these particular standards, right? You're getting them from the word of God. This, right. this is what God elevates when he says, this is what a man should look like. This is what a woman should look like. This is what society should look like. And so for a young man, if you're spending time in the word of God, you'll quickly pick up on the, oh, this is what they're talking about. Yes. So, very good. Trisha, what was another characteristic that you had? Um, about what I was looking for yes. in my future husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I think someone that, um, one, 
was a hard worker and a servant leader. I mean, you were talking about my dad. Um, he grew up on a dairy farm, and he was a man's man. Um, he wrestled in college, played college football. Um, he he would stand up to anyone. He would fight for anything. Um, but I think we really learned from him just the ability to work hard and to serve. He would be the guy that would be the last one to eat. He would, you know, help cook. I mean, he was just alongside always helping out. And he was, you know, always involved at our um, events, but he was always working hard. But then he would come home, and it was, there was no job that he couldn't do. So if he needed to make dinner, he would make dinner. If it's whatever it was, if it's come do something at 2 o'clock in the morning for someone, he would do that. And so I, I love that picture, that he was always there to serve. If someone was along the side of the road, and they needed a tire, you know, or we needed to pick up someone and drive them somewhere, he was the guy to do that. And so I always look for someone who had that servant mentality, the guy who's in there washing dishes. He's the guy in there. That's that's not like a Snyder thing, Mm -hmm. right, is the guys do the dishes. Um, Every family's different, and everybody's got different things that they do. Um, I'll say, right, if if you're a young man, how do you demonstrate service? Right? How do you say, hey, I'm, I'm you know, other-centered, servant-hearted? Um, it sounds great in theory, but you, you have to put it into practice. So little things like that, right? If you know, the trash needs to be taken out, do you, are you the guy who's constantly having to be asked to do it, or are you the person who looks for opportunities? Right? I mean, meals are easy. There's dishes that need to be done after every meal, and you just say, hey, I'll do them. But, Dan, can I jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. I, I think of, like, back in college when we were at events and stuff, and maybe it was there, were, there was food being served and stuff, um, I would always notice the guys that would jump in the front of the line, yep. and that just irked me. It irritated me. Um, just saying that I'm the most important, I'm the hungriest, I need to do that. And that's the thing that I love because that wasn't my dad, that was not my brother's, and that's not you. I mean, you're the one at an event that you're the last one to eat in case there's not enough food. And I just, to me, that's such a picture of what a man is just serving and wanting to give the best to other people. And so I think having eyes to see a man, you know, Dan always says a boy doesn't have to be, a boy has to be told what to do. A man finds that opportunity and serves. And I think that's something that's just vital. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I, to piggyback off that, I'd say that the world nowadays is just so down on work ethic and, you know, I would say boys, especially men that we know are just so honestly lazy, just so lazy. And they're also entitled. They think we don't have, we shouldn't have to work that hard to make it that good. And that's just so backwards, not only in God's kingdom, but also just in the real world. And I would say to men, as I say to my boys, buckle up. It is not an easy road. That's right. And not, you know, that that's just the concept of sowing and reaping. Sowing is hard work. It is so hard. Whatever you do in life that comes easy is probably not, I don't want to say from the Lord, but just the narrow road is hard. And working is hard. And you're going to have to do that your whole life, whether that's you're a high school guy, whether you're in college, whether you're working alongside all those things, or you're in the actual business world, whatever it is. It is not going to be easy. Yeah. And I'll say this. So a big thing that kind of comes along as, you, as you're going through and you see people who um, have the phrase like, you know, work smarter, not harder. 
And I, I totally agree with the concept, right? That if there's a way to do something and the way to make it more efficient and to do it better, that's always something you can add to it. Um, as long as you can work hard, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, you know, as, as long as you know how to work hard, right? And yep. that, you know, working smarter means, oh, well, okay, I, I can do this, but is there a better way of doing it? Fantastic. Bring that to the table. Um, but I can work hard. So yes. if, if all the equipment breaks and all the electricity breaks, and all, right, I got to go dig a hole with a shovel. Okay, I can do it. Yes. And that, that's the concept that we need from men. Yes. Right? I can work harder. And hey, I can work smarter too. But yeah, I can work hard if I just need to work hard. Yeah. So, love that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Trish? can I add a new thing? You're adding things? Okay, a big thing for me is a gentleman. Um, I was Manners. always looking for a guy that was um, a gentleman yep. and treated me um, respect. I mean, just was just thought thought out through things and was just you know kind and saw things and mannerly. Um, I, I will tell you, I would if I went on a date of a date party um, for sorority stuff, and the guy didn't open the door. I would stand there by the car door, and and he'd uh, uh, he'd get inside the car, and then he'd go, "Oh, my bad," and he'll come in. And I'm like, "Yeah, it was your bad," you know, because I was taught that just not that I can't open the door. I can definitely open an or, a door, but I think just the respect and the value. Um, I was looking for a guy that was like that. I was looking for a guy who was able to um, be respectful to adults, to um, other women, to the way he treated his mom, to teachers, to elderly, that he had eyes to see them and honor them and respect them. And I just, I think that is so important. Um, so just the manners, the, you know, the ability to think ahead, plan ahead. And, and I guess that's one of the things that's so important. I looked for so long and that was back in the nineties, eighties, nineties. I know that's ancient, but the idea was, was yeah, but the idea is that was so long ago, but I'm like, that's the one thing I want is if I'm a mom of boys to make sure that that happens and not to settle for less, because I just think that's something that we have lost out on. Yeah. So the, the verse that uh, Trish and I use when we put together a little thing for our school, right? Was, uh, it's first Peter three, seven. It says, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessels, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, and the concept of the weaker vessel for us was always the idea that, um, the woman is the more precious, um, vessel, right? So uh, Trisha would, um, take something, right? We, we'd call fine China, um, or in our house, it would be a McKinsey, McKinsey Child. McKinsey Child Cup. Pottery. Pottery, right? Which I had nothing, I had no idea what that was, but I found out that's super valuable. But she would take that particular piece of china, then she would take a styrofoam cup and she would train the girls and say, listen, when a man treats you like fine china, this is what he's saying, right? That you're precious and that you're valuable, um, you know, that you understand that, you know, the, the, the imprint of God is on you. So she'd turn the china over and she'd see the name of the person who made it underneath. And then she'd ask, what do you do with china when you're done with it? Right, you hand wash it. You don't even put it in the dishwasher. You hand wash it. You put it back in the special little you know place that it's from, and you put it away. And then you know you compare that to a styrofoam cup, which is something you use and you throw away. And so many women, unfortunately, in our society feel like they're styrofoam cups. Right, they get used and they get thrown away. And so many men feel like that's okay to treat women like that. And so one of the things that you you know you have is that concept of you you want a man who looks at you and says you're precious and you're valuable. 
and I want to right treat you in a way that demonstrates how valuable you are. So, and, and to add to that, yeah. yes, absolutely. And I think as a young man, you can look at and see, uh, is the girl that you're dating fine china? Are you settling for something styrofoam? Yes. How are you treating her? Are you treating her as the value that you see in her? And if you don't see that value in it, then you're probably wasting your yeah. time. So I'll, and I'll, you're I'll say her. this, right? Because the value that you see in her, I'll say this. Um, if a woman is physically attractive, but that's all she is. That's generally all you'll see. That's right. Does that make sense? Like she will show as much of the physical attractiveness as you can. Um, and you might be like, wow, look at that. But you'll have to ask the question, is there anything else? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if she's physically attractive and she has great character and she's a wonderful woman, right, then right, you may notice her physical attractiveness, but you'll also notice the other character qualities quickly as well. And I think just from a young man, as you're looking for right a woman that you want to marry, that you want to spend your life with, um, you better be careful, right? If you're so into her physical appearance that you don't ask the question, "Oh, is there something else?" Because five years, ten years, twenty years later, <laughs> if there's not this something else, and all she has is her physical attractiveness, right? That's that's going to be a very difficult relationship to be in. And is that the woman that you want to raise your son and your daughter? And I mean, just right so. Guys, gra- grasp that picture, right? That there's something even more than. And I will always say, right, when I see a girl, right, who's dressed immodestly, my concept is like, well, that's all she has. That, right? All she right. is is physically attractive, and she's got to put it out there because there's no character behind it, right? And she wants you to get lost in what she's trying to show you. Trish? More on that? <laughs> yes, but I might have forgotten it. Uh, no, I, I think one is to for a young man to say, okay, am I valuing her, giving her her value? Right. And that means you're protecting her. Yep. That's one of the things that we talk about in when Dana and I put together this uh Fine China, whatever what it used to be called. It's now Society of Sisters. But we put it together to be able to show value. But I think the guy has to understand if he sees the value of her, he's mm-hmm. going to protect her. Right. And because he sees how valuable is, his job is to make sure he's protecting her um, and that he is you know, leading the relationship and putting us in situations that are going to be safe and pure and to protect us. And I think that was something that I was looking for in a spouse, a future spouse, someone who would protect me physically um, just to make good decisions and not put us in places that we did not need to be um, alone and all that stuff. Amen. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, being the man in a relationship is so much like being just a parent and this is vice versa for like the wife and and the husband or the the boyfriend and the girlfriend you have to have boundaries Mm -hmm. just back to the fortitude you know those boundaries make the girl feel safe knowing that you are going to stand for what's true and you're not going to be blown by the wind and likewise that the girl that you are dating um, or your wife or whoever it is, is you can trust her when you're working, when you're away from the home, that they will take care of what is most precious to you. Um, so that, that mutual just trustworthiness is also just foundational to a healthy relationship and a goal to have when you're looking for a significant other. I'd also probably say, and this is something that's probably not innate to most guys, would be empathy. I always mm-hmm. looked for that because I... 
or I hoped for that. I didn't know if that would actually pan out, and it did. Praise the Lord. Will is so, so, so empathetic, but that is unique in that he can really see perspective. He can just shift, and he can understand when I am, let's say, the weaker vessel, or when I am emotional for no reason, or when I can't explain why I feel the way that I do for whatever reason. He can take a step back and he doesn't also get emotional with me. He's a rock (laughs) and he can, he can weather that storm with perspective. He doesn't put me down. He doesn't make me feel belittled or like that. I'm totally irrational, but he also, he also will just speak truth into that and say, let's think about that from a different perspective or from a truth perspective. What does the Bible say about that? Let's pray about that. Let's not Google, you know, all your worries. Let's, talk about it and but but yet at the same time and this is an interesting thing right because i just had a phone call from a friend um whose wife was emotional about something and he was kind of just analytical about it um and the reality is it's like both both are needed oh absolutely and and that's that's the thing that you don't want to miss right it's like i want trisha to have the emotions that she has because quite frankly i'm not wired that way um but yet, if if everything were just analytical and we just sat down and you know just talked through everything and walked through everything and there was no emotion, it's like literally right. we would miss so much of the joy of life and really the passion and the intensity and understanding things. And and Trisha brings to the table, right, a lot of emotion yes, that she does. that well, <laughs> but that too. is right that is needed in the balance so yes. that I can understand. Right. Um, I, I don't just have to, you know, two plus two isn't always four. Yes. Right. And we just don't make a decision like that. Like there are some times when you have to kind of go, you know, what really is important? Yes. Um, and Trisha helps balance that, uh, you know, that understanding for me to grasp the, okay, she's passionate about this. <laughs> right. So how do we, you know, how do we do that? Where, where do we go with that? Yes. And it's just, that's right. That's such an important balance. And I just think from, from a man's perspective, right. You're looking for a woman, right. Who has that, um, that emotion that she can share with you, um, but yet she respects your ability to lead and guide that emotion. So you don't belittle it, and you don't you know demean it, um, but you in a sense you lean into what she's offering, right? And, and what she's bringing to the table. For life, yes. it's definitely got to be there. That zest. I I always call Will my non-alarmist <laughs> because yes. when my kids get sick, inevitably I am like. This is, you know, the most extreme situation. Yes, yes. And he's like, (laughs) probably not. (laughs) So I I am so thankful, though, for that counterbalance because he's not like, you're crazy, Anna. Why are you even thinking that? He's like, okay, wait a second. This is, you know, the experience that we have. Let's move forward knowing that God is faithful. He he is the rock, you know, but he's also a rock because of, he has a rock. Do That's you know right. what I mean? Yep. So I would say to all the men out there that you can't force this. You can't be the man that you want to be without Christ. Yeah. You you have to. True, true. He has to be the rock that sustains you under the heaviest pressures of life, no matter what. Yeah. I'd like to add communicator, and I okay. think that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Is um, it was important to, for me to find someone that was a good communicator, and I think we had to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. together. Um, and Dan is a very good communicator, um, obviously, um, but that's just something he's always asked a lot of questions. Um, he hasn't tried to make me feel less than, or you know, 
other, but we're just different the way we see things. And I think because he valued so much of what I thought, he could process it through and ask questions and get us there. Um, so I think that's but a there, really... There are, there are times when when my communication is not good that you do feel less than. Yes. Right. And I, and I, well, and we had to learn, right. And I pick up on that. Well, and we learned this early on because Dan being a law student, I mean, an attorney having that mindset, he could always win an argument. He could always pigeonhole me to where I needed to be. And I was, I'm the emotional one. She came from a family that argued really well. Yeah. I I did come from a long (laughs) line of arguments. If you were losing the argument, you got a little louder and then you, (laughs) I was like, but we learned to communicate and early on you said, said, Trisha, I don't need another Dan. I don't need to try to win an argument. And I think that's my competitive nature was I wanted to win the argument to be right. And we had to learn that early on. That wasn't what it was about. It was about learning and taking from each other wisdom and being able to move forward through that. Yep. I love it. I'll say one more thing just to piggyback off that Mm -hmm. is just humility sticks Mm -hmm. out in my mind Mm -hmm. as you're never more like Christ than when you are forgiving and when you are humble to the point of death on our behalf, atonement for our sins. And I would say that, you know, in marriage or in any dating relationship, you are just going to have conflict. It's two sinners together. You will, even though you and I both had this long list and these goals, I still had to reckon with Will is a sinner, you know, when the time came and he's not perfect. And he does have these qualities, but do you see an ever increasing love of Jesus and his word? And then, you know, what does that look like in your relationship practically? And, um, yeah, so I think, I I mean, I think that's a really important reminder, right? I mean, you, you meet somebody, let's say and you marry in your twenties, right? Twenties, thirties, when you're in your forties and fifties, in a sense, you're totally different people. Yes. And and if you're if you're getting worse as individuals instead of getting better, um, the relationship's going to struggle and it's going to be hard. And I think that's the the humility aspect is somebody who's saying, um, I may be right what you're looking for today, but in ten years from now, I need to be a different person. I need yes. to be a better person. I need to be more right. And then and then the the list of the qualities aren't just the list that you have here, but it really it's it's that fruit of the spirit. I need to be more loving and more patient and more kind and more good. Right. And it's like, if you don't have the seed of Christ as right, the root, you won't have the fruit that comes out later in life. So I know these are fantastic qualities, right? We could go back to, you know, Galatians five and just list those as well. Um, But it, but it is, you know, something that has to be growing. So if you meet a guy and you're like, Hey, this guy's got all these different things. um, That's fantastic. What's he going to look like when he's 50? Right. I have one other thing. One other thing. Okay. I wanted, and I see this in the culture now, um, especially having three boys, um, that girls will come and pursue them. And the boy, I mean, what guy doesn't like a girl to pursue them? And so I wasn't, I didn't grow up that way. I, it was the idea back then the guy would call, the guy would do things. And nowadays it makes my heart sad to see there's amazing girls out there waiting for some guys to step up to the plate and say, Hey, would you like to go out on a date? and know how to pursue them rather than allowing a girl to have to step up and um, 
to reach out. So I just think, guys, I mean, you're, you got to take a chance and find those girls that are worth, um, worth getting to know. I'll say one more thing too to piggyback <laughs> off that great combo. Um, if if I if I were telling a guy in college or yep. high school, yep. what do you do with mm-hmm. all of this information? Mm-hmm. I would say go read Proverbs hmm. over and over and over and over again because you are not going to find more practical wisdom and advice anywhere that is straight from God himself than in Proverbs. And that was actually something that I did not know that Will was doing behind the scenes when we met in college. And I'm so grateful for him having, again, sowed those seeds in his own heart because you can see then all of these lists or the characteristics that we've wisdom uh, work ethic, self-discipline, yes, all the habits that, that he built then continue into adulthood and are crucial to success, not only in your relationship, dating, marriage, but also in the workplace, in the church, whatever, wherever God has you, he will use you in that platform when you have saturated your mind and your heart in truth and practically speaking, Proverbs is speaking straight to the heart for a man. Okay. And then one other thing I know. The last thing. Last thing. The last last is, I mean, it is digging into God's word. Dan wanted to know what does it look like to be a man of God? What does it look like to be a husband? So he began to, I mean, he continued his discipline of the scripture. This is the time period I broke up with Trisha. Yeah. But, but. He's also the guy that when we started dating, he gave me 24 books on marriage um, so that I could see what it looks like. Now, of course, my brothers are dying laughing because they're like, Trisha's not a reader. She's not going to read that. But she is now. But the idea is, is he was so in tune to wanting to know how to lead well. And so, guys, if you haven't had a good example there are ways to go and find godly men. Dan was supposed to have, we were looking for a couple to, to do our uh, marriage counseling. And Dan, um, some they gave us a list of guys, fam, uh, couples, and Dan's mm-hmm. like, they don't have great marriages. We want a great marriage. So he went out, we, went, we got a guy that is still to this day Dan's spiritual dad because he loved his wife well and he loved Jesus even better. And so I think we learned early on to you know put the discipline in. All right. So there we, there, there we go. Lots of really good stuff. Um, ladies, thank you for the conversation that hopefully a lot of young guys who are listening are saying, um, if I want to have a wife like right Trisha or Anna, uh, I need to be this kind of man, right? Because that, that's the goal, right? And you, you guys communicated it well, laid it out there well. Hopefully a lot of guys learned and listened. So thanks for the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.